Hi, Creative. It's Lauren here, and I wanted to ask you a quick favor. If you like the show and it has helped you, please remember to rate, review, and follow it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Also, consider sharing the show on your Instagram stories or Twitter. Tag the guest at Unleash Your Inner Creative and at Lauren LaGrasso, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. And now, let's get to the creative chat. How much do your parents or those closest to you really know about you? How much of yourself do you reveal? Can you talk openly with them about work, issues in dating? What about sex? (gasps) You might be thinking, Lauren, my mom doesn't need to hear about my sex life. And you might be right, but maybe, just maybe, by having those chats with your parents or someone close to you, you can open the door to being more yourself and also allow others to be their authentic selves too. Today's guest decided to destigmatize the conversation around sex by talking about it with his mom, and believe it or not, he developed a creative career as a result. Today, you'll learn why finding just one person in your life that you can be fully open and transparent with can help you embrace vulnerability, nurture authenticity and creativity, and above all else, increase self-love. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, public speaker, actor, and creative coach. And this show is meant to give you tools to claim the word creative, take fear out of the driver's seat, and love yourself enough to pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. On the show, we explore the creative process and journey, mental health, self-development, and spirituality. Today's guest is Cam Poder. He's an incredibly diverse, multi-passionate creative. He's a comedian, a podcaster, Stanford grad, an actual clown, and the founder of the Pleasure Podcast Network. He's appeared on shows such as America's Got Talent, Silicon Valley, and Modern Family. Most notably, he's the co-host of the hugely successful podcast, Sex Talk with My Mom, where he gets into conversations around dating and sex with, yes, his own mother, self-proclaimed cougar and YouTube sensation, Karen Lee Poder. I recently met Cam at a bonfire through some mutual friends, actually my producer Emily and her boyfriend Mikey. And what struck me about Cam was his warmth, how deep of a listener he is, and the fact that he showed up to a bonfire with a Tupperware full of very tasty cherries. Bold move. That night, we bonded over the fact that we were both podcast hosts, but we didn't really linger on the topic. Did I know that this man and his mom were going to become my best friends in my head and the stars of what is now my favorite podcast? Definitely not. But from the first episode, his openness, creative range, and hilarious relationship with his mom had me hooked. Not just because it was a brilliant concept, but because listening to the show made me feel safer to be myself helped me learn about myself as a person and a sexual being, and it helped me start to have scarier, more honest conversations in my own life. In addition to being hilarious and helpful, Cam also has an incredible story of following his instinct and turning pain into purpose. It's kind of what started the whole journey of sex talk and his creative life. When he was in high school, his father died suddenly and tragically. As the years passed, his mom, Karen Lee, got back onto the dating scene. She soon became an internet talk show host, author, and inspiration for older women getting back out there and embracing female sexuality. So Cam started incorporating that into his stand-up, and the rest is kind of history. For Cam, losing his dad also affected his views on taking risks, vulnerability, fear, and what it really means to live. 
Through the show, he and his mom brilliantly display the importance of transparency and authenticity in Unleashing. I'm a huge fan, obviously, and I am so excited to share him with you. Now here he is, Cam Poder. Cam, I'm so excited you're here. I'm such a fan. Like, I listen to your podcast because you know what people do? Like, they're like, oh, I'll give a podcast to listen. He seems like such a nice guy. Clearly, he's huge in this industry. I got to hear it. Huge in this industry. You are. And I listened and I fell in love with the show. Like, I couldn't stop listening. Wow. Because you and your mom are, do exactly what you're supposed to do with powerful audio, where it's like, you're the friends in my head that I never knew I needed, that I really need. And um, you make me feel like I'm the third, now fourth with Dale, fourth person in the room. <laughs> um, but also, I broke up with someone right before the pandemic and was like just like starting to dip my toes into the dating world. And then COVID happened. And so it was super overwhelming. But through it, I've been learning a lot about myself. And like some of the things that you shared have really helped me understand who I am like as a person in relationship. The whole thing that you talked about with like the sense of safety. Mm. Now I call myself safety sexual because I get it. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's what's been going on. Safety sexual is pretty good. I'm safety sexual. I might steal that from you. Yeah, you can. Feel free. Just copyright it every time you say it. So yeah, I just, I'm super grateful. And I think you have the most incredible story too because you're so unleashed in so many ways. And you have a really unique story because you've unleashed through talking about sex and sexuality with your mom, which (laughs) is really different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, something I really want to get into is the connection between creativity and sexuality because they come from the same energy center in the body. And when I started to learn that, you know, growing up Italian Catholic, it was like very much like keep it light, stay a virgin till marriage, shut it down, shut it down. Yeah. And when I learned that, I was like, oh... I got to start exploring this because if I don't, I don't think I can be fully creatively unleashed. So mm. that that was my long preamble to say thank you and I appreciate you. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Thank you for saying that. It is so, so sweet. It's and true. I think when you podcast, you have no clue who is listening or how they're perceiving it. Mm-hmm. And so it's super helpful and, and fulfilling to hear that you, that you had that experience. Can I also offer a disclaimer? Please. Uh, I don't know much about sex. Yeah. Like I've had it a handful of times. And yeah. Just <laughs> one handful. Yeah. Just one handful this of times. This is my sex. Yeah. So when you talk about like this, you know, the sex center of your body and all things like that, I have like an idea, but I'm in no way a sex expert. I've talked to a bunch of people about their sex lives, but I'll just be making it up is what I'm trying to say. Right. I get that though, but I think that that's why you are an expert because people oh. who think that they're experts at things that are just like normal people actually don't know anything and I think the people that like admit that they're learning are the people that you relate to and you actually want to learn from and with okay okay yeah I'll take that because I feel like you're a proxy for me like I don't listen because I'm like oh Cam's gonna drop some knowledge about (laughs) intercourse today I'm like you're gonna be yourself Mm. while talking about sex okay which is really difficult yeah it is especially with your parents a hundred percent yeah do you do this with your parents so I want to tell you that okay so at the end of 2020 I say I came out as human to my parents. So I had kind of like avoided talking about sex on the podcast, like on any shows I did in my music. And it was just like reaching a fever pitch where I really like in therapy started working on like owning my sexuality. Mm. And I realized if I don't start bringing this into my creativity, into my art, 
I'm denying a huge part of myself and I'm not actually being myself and being honest with other people. Great. That's awesome. So I sat my parents down. Oh my fucking God. Oh my God. And I said, hey, I got to tell you guys something. I'm going to start talking about sex on my show, in my music, in my life. I'm going to be more open about it. I've been avoiding it all these years because like, I didn't want to bring shame to you and I didn't want to like be seen as a bad girl and have to have you explain that to like the third cousins. Oh, wow. But I can't keep doing this because I'm not being authentic right now. And to my surprise, my mom was like, honey, you could never bring shame to us. Oh, yeah. You could never be- bring shame to us. You have to be yourself just because I personally like can't talk about it doesn't mean I don't want you to. And Hell so yes. my dad really didn't say anything. He was just like, <laughs> okay. He's like, I'm feeling a lot of shame right now. <laughs> my dad just has never like said anything to me about sex my whole life, which is why I think like your relationship with your mom is so cool because it's not just that you're talking with a parent, you're talking with the opposite gender parent, mm. which can be trickier. Maybe it's different with a girl and a dad. Yeah. I actually think... I think I would have had a tougher time talking about it with my dad. Yeah. Are they listening right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, shout out to the parents. Shout out, Joanne and Mike. We're going to get <laughs> nasty on this <laughs> podcast. They're, they're going to have to be fine with it. I mean, listen, it's it's still hard for them. But, I mean, I'm putting out a song called Pretty Little Boy with Your Big Big Toy in a couple of weeks. So, oh, wow. Like, yeah, they, they've had to catch up real fast. Um, a pretty little boy <laughs> with your big, big toy. Yeah, releasing it on National F Boy Day. Oh yeah. my God! Yeah, it's a goodie. I look forward to hearing that. Yeah, I'll, I'll play it for you after this. Okay. Um, but I want to know from your perspective, like when you started talking about sex and sexuality, particularly with your mom mm-hmm. on your show, how do you think it changed your art, your creativity, and just like how you relate to others as a human? Mm. I would say for my for my art, I was doing stand-up comedy at the time, mm-hmm. and I just had one joke about my mom having this YouTube sex channel. Yeah. That, that's and probably that, that's some... a thing that happened for anyone that doesn't know. Yeah. Your mom had a channel where she talked about being a cougar right. and having sex. Yes. I should specify she wasn't actually having sex on the YouTube channel. No, she had sex on she... the <laughs> <laughs> It was not a pornographic yeah. YouTube channel. It was just her talking yeah. about sex and dating. And giving this... tips. And giving tips. Yeah. Right. So I had like one joke about this right. in my stand-up. And I guess that would be the one thing that re- people really laughed at. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go in this area. And I just kept going more and more and I would start doing whole sets all about my mom doing this. And I was like, do I have a life outside of this? Like, this is the only thing that's going on. How did she react to that? Loved it. Oh, I I, love her. Yeah. I I was bringing her books to like all the shows and trying to sell her book, A Cougar's Guide to Getting Your Ass Back Out There. You can find it on Amazon. Go buy it today, folks. Go buy it today. (laughs) She was fucking, I was crushing it on the sales actually. So and this was all around LA. Where were you yeah. doing the Santa? Okay. Uh, some in San Francisco, some okay. in LA. Uh, and then eventually, I just had that that kind of like electrifying moment where I was like, "Oh wow, there's there we can make a show together. We can make a podcast." What was the hit? Like, tell me where you were, how this happened. When did you get the hit? Was it many little moments over time? How did it come to be? I think a friend mentioned it to me. I had a friend who started like filming a documentary about me doing these stand-up sets Wow! because it, it was very personal and he wanted to see where it went. And then uh, his girlfriend told me, hey, you should just make a podcast because she saw a YouTube clip that I made with my mom. Anyway, 
that's just to say that I realized a podcast would allow me to create this content with her, her being in Chicago and me being in LA. And then the, the name Sex Talk with My Mom came to me. So good. Just as a producer, when I read the title, I got jealous. <laughs> I, it's so it's good because it tells you exactly what it is. Yeah. So hard to do that. It's so hard. I, well, it actually came to me on accident because I was going into a stand-up show and I was, I was talking to my friend who's this Argentinian guy. Uh, Are you Argentinian? Yeah. Okay. He was, he was also doing yeah. stand-up. And I was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this podcast with my mom where we talk about sex, sex like a sex talk with my mom. And he goes, oh, yes, like a sex talk with my mom. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, that's the name of the show, sex talk with my mom. I'd like to hear from this man. Yeah, he really sent me spiraling. Yeah. But I remember sitting in that show being like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is it. It was electrified. Yeah. It was one of those. You felt it. Yeah, I felt it. What did it. it feel like in your body? Uh, electri- like electricity up and down the spine. Do you still get that when you get a good idea? No. Huh. <laughs> and I'm like, where is that? I thought I came up with a great idea last night. And then I was like, wait a minute. Do I feel it? Do I feel it? No. What if I sit in he- this this angle? Nope. So. Can I twist for electricity? Yeah. Do you get that? Ex- do you have that feeling? Sometimes. Really? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, when I really know something is right. Mm-hmm. I also get crazy signs when I really know something is right. Like mm. um, I was thinking about changing my degree, my second degree to communication. I was like talking to my mom on the phone because I was still second degree was journalism at that time. And I was like, I don't know. Should I switch to communication? Should I switch to communication? I looked down and I was on top of a, a sewer, you know, like one of those manhole things what? that said communication on it. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. But also, why were you on top of a sewer? Well, because they were just in the middle of the sidewalk at oh, Michigan okay. State. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. so I just, I actually sometimes just stand on them for inspiration <laughs> and hope like that God strikes the lightning down on <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> you do not start falling down into a sewer. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know what I'm talking about. It wasn't like an open, it wasn't an open one. It was like one that had the, the slats on top. Okay, I feel Okay, like, I feel do, like, are you following me? Yes, I okay. see it. I see cool. it now. Yeah. No, it is an amazing feeling when you get yeah. struck like that. Yeah. Like when you absolutely know it's the right thing. Oh, God. How do yeah. you think we can find more of that? I, I, I think it has a lot. I think you can meditate your way into like any, heightening your awareness. What kind of meditation do you do? Uh, all sorts of shit. Mm, I, give one. <laughs> a basic like mindfulness meditation where you try to collect your, your attention to like an anchor of some sort. So it could be your breath. And then you're seeing it go in and out, and then somehow your your brain is distracted, and then you say, "Okay, bring it back to the breath. Yeah. Bring it back to." And if you do that enough, you can really enhance your awareness for what's going on mm-hmm. in your body, outside of your body. And I think th- that heightened awareness can let let you see more creatively. Yeah, I agree. So, so that was kind of the impetus for starting the show. But since you've done the show, how do you think having this openness Mm-hmm. has changed you how you interact with people because you're very you're easy to talk to and I guess that's probably natural oh. for you but do you feel like that's like changed your openness and compassion for other people is learning about them sexually and about sexuality it's pretty fun I mean I think when I tell people yeah I, I talk about sex with my mom like on a weekly basis that it, it kind of opens up the door they're like you talk about sex with your mom I can talk about sex with you yeah. And then I get, I'm inundated with some information right. usually. What does that feel like? Pretty good. Aww. It's fun. That's Sometimes nice. it's a little too much. Like when? I've met people that are like, well, I need to talk. It was clear they need to talk to like a sex therapist. Right. Instead of talking to me. Right. And I'm like, this is, too I got much. nothing over here. 
you're out of my league right now. <laughs> I don't know how to handle this one. Uh, but it, it is it's it's very relieving if I could if you could talk about sex. Basically, how I view it is if you can talk about sex, one of the most uncomfortable conversations you can have mm-hmm. with a parent or with whoever. You can talk about anything. You can talk about drugs. You can talk about the things that scare you most. Mm. And and then you give people the opportunity to kind of accept you. Drugs. You can talk about drugs. Yeah. You know, I'm very scared of heroin. So that heroin? does scare me. Like, I was terrified when I was little that someone was going to try to prick me with a heroin needle Whoa. to get me addicted and then help them get drugs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I watched a 2020 special. Oh, you should never watch that. Yeah, my mom made me. Oh, whoa. Okay. (laughs) Now I'm telling you the thing, and now you're like, this is out of my pay grade. Don't worry. I'm working through it. You don't have to worry about it. Um, No, I I would not recommend heroin to anyone. No, no. I mean, obviously. But like, my fear was that someone was going to inject me with it. Yeah, that is also a new fear that I'm. Now you should have it. You can join me. We can figure out how to shield ourselves from the heroin needle. Horrible. Um, Yeah, that's so interesting. For people who are super repressed or super afraid to talk about these things, Mm. or like if someone else brings it up, they stiffen up. Mm -hmm. How would you recommend to them that they start baby stepping their way toward Mm. more of an openness about sexuality and other things that are scary to talk about? Well, first of all, I don't think you need to immediately start talking about it with your parents because that can sometimes be the most challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes a parent is not, you don't have the relationship that requires or demands or could even tolerate that. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think the best thing is to find a relationship that would allow for that type of openness Mm -hmm. where you can tell someone something and they will accept you with compassion. And then if that is even too much, take that friend or whoever that is in your life and talk about something that's maybe not as scary as sex, but maybe just a little uncomfortable like drug usage or you know, whatever. Yeah. I got really scared when you said it. I can't even say drugs around here. No, no, it's fine. I I like (laughs) cannabis. I like cannabis. Okay. So you can talk about cannabis. I remember in college, I had, I remember this like hippie that I was living near, it was, it was telling me about how he's about to smoke weed and he told his mom that he's going to be smoking weed. And I was like, you told your mom you're smoking weed? Are you fucking kidding me? And he's like, yeah, why wouldn't I tell her that? I was like, and I didn't have a good reason. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. I could tell my mom about weed. And it turns out my mom is a huge stoner. She loves weed. Loves weed. She's a huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. So you learn these things. It's true. I mean, I think when you when you bring up these more difficult topics, you're giving somebody a chance to show you who they really are, too. Totally. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, they've been withholding that. I'll never forget, like, every time somebody's kind of, like, reached out a hand by sharing something vulnerable about themselves, I'm like, oh, it's safe here. Totally. That's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the whole thing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, thanks for reaching a hand. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, okay, so I might actually overshare with you right now a little bit to create a safe space for you to potentially share as well. Perfect. So I've never actually said this on the podcast. Um, we got an exclusive here. We've got an exclusive. <laughs> Be sure that People Magazine picks this up. They're going <laughs> to want it. Um, so I had that talk with my parents at the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. And then I, like through a self-examination, found a pre-melanoma on my vulva like very shortly after that oh wow which was wild yeah which I always recommend now like women need to check themselves because my doctor my first doctor thought it was nothing whoa and so um had a biopsy it was confirmed so I actually like went home to Michigan and like got it removed by a plastic surgeon by the way I have to just say for the record it looks 
great you know like I was concerned about talking about it because I'm like I don't want to go on the record being like my vulva is fucked up it looks great actually more beautiful than before she did a fantastic job but having this happen and talking about my vulva with my dad Mm. like for months on end because it was like a healing process Mm -hmm. really changed the way I interact in the world like if I could do that I can talk about anything with them first of all exactly but second it's like I can probably talk about anything with anyone. Like, I mean, I I bring that up to people, especially women, because a lot of women are like, oh, I've never looked at my vagina. I've never, you know, so it's, Mm -hmm. I think it's important from that perspective. But like also the trauma of going through that situation, like cracked me open in a way that I already wanted to do that thing where I was like writing and talking more truthfully. Mm -hmm. But after that happened, I had no choice. Yeah. And so... Obviously, it's much different, and I feel like what you went through as a kid was much deeper, but I know you lost your dad really tragically at a young age, Mm -hmm. and I'm curious, first of all, like if you would be willing to share any of that situation, sure. and then how you feel that trauma kind of cracked you open and enabled you to be the creative and artist you are now. Hmm. Um, So basically, hello, listeners. I grew up in a very... I feel like it was a very safe neighborhood yeah, and a very loving family, very close in family. I have two siblings, two parents. And when I was 17, my dad uh, was murdered. He was stabbed at his uh, construction company by a completely deranged employee mm-hmm. who just snapped one day. Um, so obviously this turned our worlds upside down um, and it completely shifted the trajectory of my life the way I perceive the world. I mean, it, it accounts for all, all the things that I do today. Yeah. You know, obviously we've talked about safety and mm-hmm. that's a different thing, but like, I know that you, you went to Stanford, which congrats to your brain. Very smart man. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and then you went into consulting, yeah. which I'm like, did, did that feeling of like the, the ground being ripped out from under you, contribute because you're such a creative person like you're clearly Mm. an artist like sitting with you you. for two minutes you're an artist you know and you said you were very creative growing up so I was wondering if like losing that sense of safety as a kid influenced your decision to try that more traditional path oh I think if anything it it made me more likely to uh, pursue a creative path Mm. so I think if if my dad were alive today, I I have a feeling I would like be in Chicago, maybe running his construction company. Wow. Or at least like gearing up for that. I think. But after he died, then I was like, "Whoa, it turns out you die eventually." And so a lot like you can take more ri- you should take more risk in this life while you have the chance. And so cuz to pursue comedy you got to be kind of nuts. Yeah. It's hard. It's like the hardest art form. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And everyone's trying to do it. It's And it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. And there's no one telling you, hey, you're doing it right. Like, right. Like you can wake up and you'd be like, whoa, yeah. turns out I'm not funny. I was the only one who thought I was funny <laughs> that whole time. So I went to consulting after Stanford because I was like, I need to make money. This opportunity Did you always for me. think you were going to do comedy, though? Or is that just like, I'm going to do this for a couple of years and then be a comedian? I started comedy in high school and then did it all throughout college. So I always knew I wanted to do comedy. And that's why I had the, the consulting job in San Francisco. But I was like, if this doesn't work out, I better be in a place where I can pursue comedy. I should move to L.A. So yeah. we, I moved it to L.A., hated consulting. 
And I was like, we got to go right into comedy immediately. What was the breaking point for you where you're like, no more? Uh, well, day one. <laughs> Seriously, day one. I was like, I, I was, and what was funny is I was so concerned that I'd like love consulting. You were concerned about that? I was that? so concerned. What, like what part of you thought, oh, this is going to be great. That It was like an anxiety I had the whole time. I was like, what if I love this shit? And then I wake up at 50 and I'm like, I just spent the last like 20 or 30 years just doing consulting but would that be bad if you actually loved it like that's what i'm trying to understand right now because that's something too even with producing like i'd never wanted to be a producer Mm -hmm. i really fought it and i just turned out to be really good at it Uh but it's been good it's like helped me a lot but there's times when i literally i feel my body fighting it like i i love it and i'm like stop that (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't give up on your dreams but it's like i'm also kind of battling right now with is there something wrong with loving the thing that you didn't think you would love yeah right or the thing that wasn't as cool to you as the other thing exactly yeah right i don't know yeah i i don't think so i mean if you if you're enjoying life what more is there to do like who cares who cares what your childhood kid wanted you to I know, but sometimes they've got a really tight grip on you and you have to be like, little one, Yeah, it's okay. We're still doing great things. It's going to be all right. Right. Yeah. And like, oh, there's enough time. Like I can yeah. I can be this producer and I still have time to do be a musician or whatever. Like there's no reason I can't do all of this. Right. But I didn't want to be a consultant. No, you didn't. And it, it was <laughs> fucking awful. I mean, it was a horror. For me, it was What is consulting? Does anyone know? I don't know. I still don't know. I would go, they would send me across the country every week like fly me there and i would like sit in this factory and be like hey this is how you improve your job and i literally had never worked in this type of factory i, I didn't know what the fuck you I'm didn't doing. work in that factory no i know that's so weird <laughs> or any business just know that specific one yes this i'm sorry i don't know what to do here i've never worked here before you should hire good me. luck yes no it felt bad it felt yeah. really bad i wasn't helping the company i wasn't helping myself i was so yeah. how long did you last exactly one year because I wanted, I was given a signing bonus. So you waited until like the money cleared and then you quit? Uh, the money cleared, uh, they gave it to me in advance. Oh, so I immediately bought a car and yeah. I was I was like, okay, well, I have no money to pay back to them. So I have to stay for the end. <laughs> and then I was there for a year. Okay. And, and wait, and then oh. a crazy shit happened. Tell me. One crazy shit. One crazy shit. Yeah. I, was, I was like the day that the signing bonus became mine, this guy from my past called me. And was like, you're not going to believe this. I'm leaving my job. And you said if I were if to ever leave my job, I should call you because you wanted my job. And so, and he was working for a comedy writer at the time. And I was like, I'll take that fucking job. See, that was like the universe being like, Cam, you love <laughs> yeah. you. You're making the right choice. Isn't that fucking crazy? <laughs> yeah. That's some crazy shit. That's amazing. So at that point, I know, were you writing for ABC and NBC, you said? I was helping this writer at ABC and then NBC. As an assistant? Yeah. What was that like? You jumped into that. I mean, that never happens. Like, you you were prepped for that. I mean, but right place, right time. Like, that's amazing. It was crazy. What was that job like? Did you like it? I did like it. I learned a lot. I learned I didn't necessarily want to go into TV writing. Mm. Uh, And then, basically... I was let go. Uh, four, four or five years later, I was let go. Wow. It was a pretty cushy job. So it was, it was nice to have while I started doing my own creative stuff. Not enough people talk about getting fired. I got fired, people. It's really hard. It's like, re- it's something our culture, I think, actually, we talk about getting fired less than we talk about sex. 
Oh, you're right. Yeah. Because it's like we represent or we hold so much uh, of our self-worth and what we do versus who we are. Mm-hmm. And we're taught that that's what our only value is. So when you lose that, even if it wasn't the thing that you really wanted, yeah, no, you feel it, like you've lost your value somehow. I'm so grateful I got fired. I, yeah. sh- I think I should have left the job two or three years prior to when I got fired. Yeah. So I think it, it was just like he felt it was time for me to go. and. Yeah, but I think that was like another the universe moving you along because you needed to level up and if yeah. you weren't going to do it for yourself at, a, at yes. some point they're like okay we're going to kick your ass now exactly yeah get ready mm-hmm. um, it, and it was kind of i mean i was resisting doing some of the stuff he was asking me and right so that's why i got fired <laughs> so like that's a clear sign <laughs> like you wouldn't do your job <laughs> yeah yeah and then i got fired so that's yeah. a clear sign that maybe i shouldn't do that that makes sense so then after that were you pursuing comedy full-time did you start sex talk with my mom during that job how did that work i started sex talk with my mom during that job and then it became my full-time thing and then i went to clown school let's talk about clown school <laughs> yeah i'm obsessed with clowns so you know i have like some people in my life that are clowns i didn't that know went this. to the lecoq school oh yes, yes. you did tell yes. yeah you mentioned that to me. so i've yeah. been learning about clowning yeah. i know you have to open your eyes really wide and then say you're gonna do a bunch of things and never do them <laughs> <laughs> that actually is a great idea. I've never heard it said like that, but I'm going to do that from yeah, now on. I am too. That's my extent of clown knowledge. But what drove you to say, <laughs> today I will be a clown? Doesn't everyone go through that? Didn't you go through that? or no? I went through physical theater school. So I got to be a fan acting. Okay, yeah. so I went through physical theater school. I mean, it's, I think it's the most amazing thing in the world because right. I think it opens you up as a person. And also, like, we store so much trauma in our bodies. So, like, yeah. going through that... My friend Paul was saying, like, sometimes people come out as their clowns and just start hysterically crying. Yeah. Because it's just so, it's so vulnerable. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. So tell me a little bit about this trajectory and, <laughs> and why one would become a clown or why one should become a clown. Um, I I was studying at a bunch of schools throughout L.A. over those years. And I stumbled across a clown class and I realized that was an am- it was an amazing fucking thing. Yeah. And it was the way I joked around with my friends and so i was like this is this is my life's mission right here and so then i would just i just kept taking classes and then eventually i was like it's time for the real deal and there was a clown school that popped up in la so i was like i'm gonna enroll and that was it and what did you learn from that like what what do you think was the most valuable thing besides obviously learning clowning was like there's something you take in your life day to day Hmm. oh i love that well from a performance standpoint somehow communicating with each of the audience members that you can communicate with making eye contact with them like changing course if they're not feeling it like acknowledging I love clowns it. they're yeah. so sweet yeah yeah and for the listeners it's not i should say it's not like really I, I never dressed up like bozo or anything like that no it was more of like a physical theater right type. yeah it's hard to explain because when someone says they're going to clown school everyone's like oh. yeah but it's actually like one of the oldest and most respected forms of theater yeah it's scary and as fuck it's really scary yeah and there's a lot of weight to it and there's a lot to learn and yeah yeah and i know there's a lot that you learn about yourself when you do it totally yeah, yeah. like i know it's funny that's called the lecoq school but like the lecoq school like mm-hmm. it's brutal like brutal they um basically like kick a bunch of people out at the end of the year they only speak french so like my two friends who are american were like what the fuck like yeah. they're just thrown in there and like had to figure it out based yeah. on the physicality it's crazy so yeah like it's no joke i guess 
I'm like really intrigued by it. And I get even for myself, I'm trying to get to the bottom of like what happens like as a human going through it. Yeah. Yeah. It was exhausting. It was like nine to two every day. I would be so fucking tired at the end of the day. I remember you you just learn how you're perceived by other people Mm because you just keep going on stage and you keep seeing how people are responding to you. I discovered I had like this Italian teacher and she would always go. Cam, you're not be. You are such a young tree. You need to be the old tree, Cam. And I was like, "What the fuck is this woman talking about? I need to be an old tree." Uh, and and what yeah, did that mean to you? I then I needed to grow up. Then I need to embody my own manliness and you okay. know be a fucking tree, like yeah. just rooted into the ground. Okay. You know, you were talking about something on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that I thought was really interesting, and. Oh my gosh, I I might not remember this at no, all. No, no, it's okay, but you'll get the concept because okay. it's like probably something you're still thinking about. So you talked about how um like you didn't feel like or you don't feel like you have a role model for mm-hmm. like the kind of masculinity you want to embody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting because I've been thinking a lot about owning the different the masculine and feminine energy and like mm-hmm. how do we find a balance and how women have taken on a lot of masculine energy in order to exist in the world but really there's like a power in the femininity mm-hmm. so i'm curious for you how are you without a role model or like somebody that you look to for that finding that within yourself i think taking little aspects from different like role models mm-hmm. is helpful yeah. like there's a meditation teacher who i i love his vulnerability and his like he can cry on a dime and mm. i'm like oh my god this guy's and he's feeling stuff that's very different than the household i grew up in right um and but then at the same time you know i i met a neighbor who's a fucking military guy and he is just he embodies someone who can take care of you who yeah. you know you want to be around because you can protect you. That's also another trait. Big daddy energy. Big daddy energy, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like a combination of a bunch of things and, uh, you know, hopefully makes you the person you want to be. I guess that's kind of how I'm viewing it. Yeah. You know, you said something else when you gave that beautiful answer where you talked about like the sensitivity and like how it wasn't how you grew up. Like, I'm so close to my parents. I love them. I'm obsessed with them. Like, ah. they're my favorite. But I often felt like not understood as a kid Mm. because I was so deeply sensitive and my dad (laughs) I love him so much but he was like well it was hard raising a creative child with all your meltdowns I'm like (laughs) I wasn't melting down I was having actually a normal reaction to a painful event Mm -hmm. and you couldn't handle it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it like sometimes just with your interactions with your mom it really reminds me of my interactions with my mom I'm like did you ever think about life and how this makes so much sense and that's connected to that and that lyric made me cry and I was like, um, I don't get it, but, <laughs> but explain it again. You know, she's really trying, but sometimes like when you do Cam's uppers, I'm like, this is so my mom. She would never tell me it was boring, but like she would be like not fully getting it. Oh yeah. What Was that your experience at all? Like, or like kind of, how were you understood and how do you think that affects the way you are today? My mom is more down to earth, I think, than she p- plays on the show. Oh, a hundred percent. I could tell that. So yeah. yeah. So she, you know, when I do have something important, to share with her, she can kind of ground herself and, and right. level with. Me I love there. the character she plays, though. She's out of control. So funny. She's a fucking yeah. clown. She's a clown. <laughs> She's a clown. Yeah. So, but uh, 
I, I think I relate to that feeling of being a sensitive kid and feeling a little like, well, I'm, I feel like I'm on a different planet sometimes than, other, yeah. than my friends or my family. Yeah, like, everyone treated me like I was crazy if I had an emotion. <laughs> and I was like, I really don't think I'm being crazy right now. <laughs> I'm not the crazy one. <laughs> You're the crazy one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard thing to know, especially growing up. You just have no clue that you are different than the people around you. Yeah. You just think everyone is having the same experience. Mm. But we're all living in very different realities. Oh, God. Very uncomfortable. Life is hard. Do you think life's hard? <laughs> yeah, it can I, be. I thought it was going to be easier than this for some reason. <laughs> I'm, like, really having a hard time. It, it is challenging. But there's a, there's a lot of beauty and a so lot, much of, beauty. lot to be grateful it's for. It's beautiful mm-hmm. and it's brutal. Yeah, yeah. Brutiful. Yeah, it's brutiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you advise other highly sensitive people to walk about the earth to protect themselves but not lose the vulnerability ah okay i'll answer that but i'm curious to know why you think i'm a sensitive person because mm, you see other people so deeply mm, thank you is that Very true sweet answer um <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were gonna say something like i get i get you know uh activated very easily oh yeah you get activated easily but like I almost feel like that's more the performer. Just from my listening, mm. you know more than me, obviously. I don't really know you that well out of listening to you mm-hmm. and meeting you the one time and now. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> so let me give a history of how I know you. Um, <laughs> but I get that because, like, you see everything. Mm. You see everything. You're like, and you're there with it. So that's how I hear it. I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, I'll answer your question now okay. that, that compliment. <laughs> So I do a lot. I, I need alone time a lot. Mm. I actually think maybe that's why I think my friends would say I'm sensitive. Like I'm very particular. Like I need a specific space to go back to. Like mm. like my home is important to me. My sleep is important to me. I need, I need to be alone. That charges me up. It, like I need to relax. So I think that helps. Just chill out. Chill out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only way for a sensitive person when there's so much stimuli to really cool off what what would you say to that question hmm i i do a lot of images so like when i'm out into the world i like to sometimes like literally picture bubbles so like if i was like you were coming at me and charging at me with a lot of energy i would like put you in a bubble and then still send love to you but just keep you in that bubble so that you're not giving me your bullshit oh i love that or i'll give myself the bubble where I'm like still sending people good thoughts and love, but I'm in the bubble. My therapist just taught me how to do that. I'm your therapist. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't believe you know that trick too. That trick works. Yeah. I've been doing that since I was probably in college. Wow. Yeah. That is helpful. It is. So I guess that. And then I think too, like the more you know yourself and love yourself and have like a platform of self-love to stand on. The less of that penetrating, harmful energy you'll take on, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, because you know when to put the bubble up. So I'd say also work on your self-love and work on your self-trust and like learning what your boundaries are. I love that. Um, Okay. I also want to talk about pleasure podcasts. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that you're not only just so creative, but also business-minded. You're taking that knowledge that you had with the consulting, mm-hmm. even though you didn't feel you had it. I feel like maybe that was like the purpose of learning it, right? Like it gave you totally. some structure. Yeah. And then you started this network, 
pleasure podcast. Yeah. Tell me about it. It actually makes me very grateful for my consulting experience, despite my hatred while doing it. Yes. Because now I know how to make PowerPoints. I know how to do Excel stuff. And I was able to create a company from this. It's giving you a foundation. It gave me a foundation for sure. So yeah, basically I realized I was making a little bit of money from advertisements on our show. And I was like, well, I need a job and I don't want a boss. So might as well just collect all these other sex podcasts that we've been working with, bring them under one umbrella, and then get the same advertisers to advertise across those shows. Smart. And I would take a little fee from all this. Yeah. And so then it became like this whole thing for like the past three years. And uh, we're up to 15 shows now. And some of them are like crazy huge shows, like on the charts all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you go about approaching these people? Also, if we could also just give a little takeaway for our friends, like what's your advice for someone in approaching a potential creative collaboration? Yeah. Well, I think it's helpful just to reach out as a friend yeah. and to be like, hey, do you want, do you want to collab? Yeah. I, You're my best friend. Do you want to collaborate with me? Yeah. As opposed <laughs> to making like a formal thing. Yeah. I mean, coming up with some good selling points for you right. is, is huge. Like I know when I'm approaching a company to pitch them on advertising on our shows i want to tell them how many downloads we're getting where we've been featured before who else is advertised on our shows right um so similarly if i want someone on the podcast i'd be like hey look who else has come on the podcast you want to be part of this fucking club that's also super helpful you leveraging my podcast to get people into the network because then i was like hey let's let's collab first and see if we vibe And then once there's trust there, then I'd be like, hey, by the way, I have this other business that you guys should be part of. So smart because too, like when people are like, should I start a podcast? I'm like, well, it's a lot of work. So know that first because people Mm -hmm. think you're just going to stand in front of a mic and just do it. And that's not how it works. No chance. No chance, honey buns. But the second thing is, even if you don't get the downloads, I always tell people it's such a smart marketing tool because you spend 45 minutes to an hour with someone and you like see them and give them a beautiful interview. Totally. You're friends for life. Because when else do you sit down and have a conversation with someone like that goes Never. deep and no, I'm, this is not a wonderful enough, excuse. Yeah. yeah. You really get to know someone and get to know their story. So I love it. And it's so cool because when I first started listening to your podcast, I didn't realize pleasure podcast. I think you should talk about that more, by the way. Mm. I want to like hear that that's your thing. Like it made me so oh, cool. excited and proud of you. When I found out that you were the head and the founder and CEO of Pleasure Podcast. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like, how does it feel to own that? Like, do you do you stand in the power of being this creator of this company? It is amazing. It, I'm like super proud of it. I Sometimes I wake up I'm like, how the fuck did I make this happen? I mean, you did it. I really it's did. It's like not easy to start a production company. You basically started a production company, yeah. right? We call this a production company. Well, now it's now becoming a production company. Good. So <gasps> before it was mainly an ad network yeah. that helped people monetize and grow their shows. But now we're actually producing our own originals where wow. we'll, we'll start creating content. So tell me what that journey has been like. What was the realization where you're like, we need to do this? I was working with this advertiser. And I presented them this opportunity by saying, hey, why don't you make your own fucking podcast? Why are you just giving me all this money for ads? You just this make is yourself. my thing in general. Like, And we shouldn't be giving away all the ideas, but I don't understand why more advertisers aren't doing branded content. That's exactly right. So I, this is our first foray into that. So, okay. I want to talk about your amazing mom. Okay. 
how has obviously she inspired you just by like telling her story but like how has like her boldness and her courage to go after what she wanted when it wasn't easy mm-hmm. you know like people especially back then like didn't accept women over 40 for anything basically mm-hmm. like you died after you turned 30 that was the way it was looked at in culture yeah how has her boldness um and her ambition inspired you as a creative and as a human I, she has this whole idea that she stole from Mel Robbins, which is like she calls the five, four, three, two, one moment, where basically you have five seconds to make a fucking decision and you just need to go for it. She does not stop fucking talking about this on the show. Maybe now, but she went through like. I think I've heard her say it once since okay. I've been listening. And she's been talking about this for like three years now. Okay. It's crazy. The first year, it was just every episode. And I was like, enough. It was like Whitey. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she stopped talking about Whitey. Whitey's a guy, for anyone that doesn't know, on TikTok who looks like someone from the 60s or 70s. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I looked at him because I was like, ah, after 15 times hearing her say it, I guess I'll check it out. <laughs> That's what she does. She just fucking she repeats the thing. She just grinds your gears on one yes. thing and then you're like, okay, I got to check so it out. So now it's fucking in my head. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. And, it, and now I feel obligated if, if something kind of like gives me that feeling in my stomach where i'm like yeah. i don't know should i do this i'm scared I, you know five four three two one you gotta fucking do it blink blink it's exactly. you ever read that yes yeah. i did yeah and so and that that if that's with creativity that's with approaching people whether romantic or professional it's mm-hmm. with any it's all real opportunities come from that moment of getting a little scared and pushing beyond it yeah so she taught you the five four three two one. She That's did. the main inspiration. Yes, I love that. It, it totally is. She like be confident. She makes it sound very easy, and she does. She actually does live by that, but it's not so easy. Do you know what your human design is? Have you ever heard of that? Uh, I heard it on this podcast. Oh, but yeah. I don't know what I don't know what oh, I am. I'm so curious to know what yours is because there's something. So my human design. We've talked about it a bit, but basically it's very confusing. I don't fully understand it enough, but it's like an energy system that you were like born into. It takes like the same points that astrology uses Mm -hmm. and tells you like the way you're meant to energetically exist in the world. And mine, the authority that I'm supposed to use, like the way I'm supposed to make decisions is splenic, which is exactly what you just said. Splenic? Yeah, splenic authority. What What the (laughs) fuck is splenic? Splenic authority means like... You feel the decision right away, like, and you mm. know in your body if it's right. Mm. So I'm curious to know if you are also splenic. Me we'll too. Have to look it up. Thank you for teaching me th- that word and this thing. You're so welcome. <laughs> I know it really changed you. I can tell. I can I'm see. going to look this up. You're a different man now. <laughs> um, so Cam, you've been doing this podcast. Is it five years now? Yes. Five years. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Congrats on your five-year-old baby. Thank that, you. Your podcast is in kindergarten. It honestly might be six years. Six? Wait. First grade? Yeah, I think Come it might on. be six. Jesus. That's amazing. Do you ever think about it in that terms? Like, my podcast would be in first grade right now if it was oh a human. Oh, my God. Isn't that cute? It is cute. Aww. Holy shit. You've been yeah. doing this a long-ass time. No, I'm saying you. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I was saying it for you. <laughs> I've only been doing this for two years. I have been doing this a long time. <laughs> what the fuck? I got a first grader? Yeah, you got a first grader. How's oh it feel to God. be? Oh, my God. That's your big daddy energy uh, coming big out. Big daddy energy. This is a fucking full-grown adult at this point. Just because I've said that a couple times, uh, big daddy energy is what Cam says instead of big dick energy. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. Fuck big dick energy. Yeah, we got big daddy energy the here. Big daddy I feel energy. like I could get with big daddy energy. Yeah. People like that. Yeah. They love it. <laughs> Military man has it. He does. Yeah. He really does. So, okay, you've got this first grader. <laughs> you've got this podcast. You've been doing it for so long. 
what do you feel like doing it for all this time has taught you? Okay, th- here's a little anecdote that kind of embodies what I've learned from it. Mm-hmm. We had someone come on the show uh, who calls herself Jupiter's slut. Gorgeous. What does that Gorgeous. mean? What does that mean? I, I have no <laughs> fucking clue what that means. I asked her on the show and I do not remember what that is. Um, but anyway, she is a herpes advocate. Like She openly talks about her herpes. And I was like, "What? why are you choosing to talk about this thing that no one else wants to talk about or even confess that they have? Right. And she was like, by talking about it, I give people the opportunity to accept me. That's like the only way that you can really feel love, which is, that's my takeaway. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, this is an amazing fucking thing. Like by getting vulnerable and pushing into these, these areas that you, that most people are scared to talk about, you give people the opportunity to like catch you and be like, yeah, that's cool. That you're cool. You're fine. It's a beautiful thing. Wow. Cause you know, I think a lot of times when we share, we think, oh, you're giving someone else the opportunity to share too. Mm-hmm. But it is an honor to see someone else. It's an honor to see someone else and to hold something yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. Wow. So I think let's all give people the honor of like seeing us and seeing the parts of us that, you know, maybe even our shadows, like the things that we're afraid of, the things that make us feel gross, the things that are scary. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you do that every week. You really do. Thank you. When I you try. talk about your, like, the things that make you anxious, like, a lot of times, and I've told you this, like, on DM, I feel like, you know, so honored to hold it for you, but also you you make me feel, like, less insane. Because- <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that guy is no, way more no, insane than I am. No, because a lot of times you bring up things that I'm like, oh, I thought I was the only person that felt that way. Like, mm. the, even the stuff you talked about when you thought you had herpes in the mouth. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, how I used to, when I was a kid, I would always ask guys before I'd make out with them, do you have herpes? Like, not herpes, I didn't say that. I said, do you get cold sores? Because yeah. I was so scared to get them. Why and not? Why not? Best to be safe. Yeah. There's no STD like chest for the lips. <laughs> I couldn't ask them to show me that. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I think that's beautiful. And it is an honor to hold something for someone. So giving somebody that ability helps them. And, totally. And that's beautiful. Yeah. I am I kind of want to end like that. I think that's nice. <laughs> and I don't want to say the other thing I was going to say because I think that's nicer. Okay, good. So, well, this has been a real pleasure coming on here. Oh, my gosh. It's a pleasure to have you. Come back anytime. We need to discuss their human designs. Yeah. I'll be an Actually, expert by that I point. I might want to help you look yours up if you're interested. Let's fucking do it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Honestly, it was an honor, and <laughs> oh. I really appreciate it. It oh was gosh. fun connecting with you. So fun. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, and thanks to my guest, Cam Poder. For more info on Cam, follow him at Single Cam Comedy and at Sex Talk With My Mom on Instagram. Check out his podcast, Sex Talk With My Mom, available wherever you get your pods. You will not be sorry. It's amazing. Thanks so much to Unleashed producer Emily Shulmanovich. You can follow her at We Can't Find Emily. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow Unleash on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also tag Cam at Single Cam Comedy so he can share too. 
My wish for you this week is that you step out of your comfort zone and find just one person you can talk with about something difficult. I'm excited to see how it opens up your life and your work. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.